Welcome to the House Club Live podcast, featuring the full artist interviews from our video broadcast on YouTube. My name is Warner Case, and I host the show alongside Vin D'Amato and Nick Timko. Join us during the broadcast every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com slash warnercase. In chat, you can ask questions to us and our guests, talk with other house music fans, or just hang out. Until next Sunday, enjoy this interview, and feel free to share it with friends. Anyway, we're going to move on from the songs and we're going to bring out our guest uh, today. A uh, really interesting character. In 2020, he spent most of the year in his Ford Bronco, 1967 Ford Bronco, which he somehow fitted with the studio in it. He's been on tour with One Republic accidentally, which is kind of a wild story. I can't wait to hear more about that. Uh, so please welcome to the show, Tom Fjord. Woo, 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 woo. Woo, woo, woo. Vin, Vin has a hard time clapping while he's clicking. Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. My hands, my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see now now uh tom fjord aka bert bert are you did we remember to unmute you i we think did. so i i think I, ah, okay we did it we did it guys we're, we're not entirely incompetent we're getting How about good at that? this we're getting yeah, good at yeah, this for sure no, we're getting we're getting less bad. Uh, but Bert, thank you so much for making time. Uh, now, right now, you're not in Los Angeles, right? Where are you? I am in Indiana right now. I'm uh, hanging out with some, with some family, with my parents, and I'm heading to South Carolina next weekend to visit my brother, and then I'm back in LA uh, early April. Beautiful. Now, now I know I know you're from Ohio originally, and by the way, that background is awesome. I know it's not fake, but th- that's how I could tell you weren't in Los Angeles. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so now how, how, I know you, you went to school in Nashville and then you got your music industry start there. Yeah. People who have never heard of you a little walkthrough, cause I, I know it and I think it's fascinating how you've gotten to where you are. Yeah. I, um, you know, I went to school, I, I, you know, I'm like the classic kind of like I grew up playing piano kind of thing. And then, um, when it came to be like, what do I do with my life? It was like, I was thinking like, what I, should I do at the time I was into like video production and stuff. And I was like, should I do that? And I just ultimately came to the point where I was like, I don't think I can do anything except for music. And so I'm just going to try to like, even though when you grow up in the Midwest, a lot of the, like the idea as well, you could be a music teacher or you could be like, you could play trumpet in a symphony. And there's not really much outside of that. So like at the time I didn't really know what the plan was, but I ended up going to Nashville for, for school. And then um, when I graduated, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> for a job like i don't know i what i wanted to do was tour at the time i was like really focused on playing keys and um i uh randomly got a call from one republic's tour manager who was like hey i i've heard of your name we know you're good with like daw stuff and um we need somebody you know we're just off the apologize success and we need somebody as we're going into our second record cycle to help with all the playback and stuff because at that point it was just getting to a point where they had a lot more going on so I did that for about five years. And at the time I was like getting a really great window into the industry and touring and how all of that kind of works from a technical standpoint. Um, and then um, eventually I got to a point where I was like, you know what, I don't think I do want to play keys. Like if I were to move on from, you know, I, I did ended up playing a couple of gigs with One Republic and I did like as, as a keyboard. It's been wild, by the way. Nicole. But um you know, it, it just got to a point where I was meeting some of the like touring kind of players. And I was like, you know what, even if I'm playing for like a huge artist as a hired gun, like, I don't think, first of all, there's not a whole lot of creativity in it for as a player, because you're really sticking to a script. And the other thing was that it just was like the style of life that you have to have in that scenario when you're not the artist touring is really tough. It's a really rough road to be on. And I think ultimately I was like, I don't think I want to do this unless I'm 
um, unless it's kind of on my own terms. So, you know, long story short, I went, I uh, left the road with them in 2014 and kind of got more into the creative side of production. I was watching Ryan Tedder do his thing, which was kind of nuts. And I was like, this is, this guy's got something going on that's really interesting to me. At the time, I was like, I'm going to do some more pop stuff. And then um, I got more into that and realized that actually what's the most creative instead of like working within other people's parameters for production is doing my own stuff. And so that's when Tom Fjord was born, just to kind of figure out if I didn't have all these parameters of like what's going on in the industry sound wise and what are people asking of me, what that would look like. So um, that's kind of how the whole thing was born. And that's why I'm doing it now. So this is correct. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what I got out of, out of that is that this is like a hundred percent you in the sense that this is what you'd want to be making with Nobody telling you what to do. This is what you do. If you could sit down and make anything, this is what you make. Yeah, pretty much. And and I still am trying to figure out exactly what it is. Like that, you know, I had those first couple songs. Um, like I had Intraseller, which did pretty well, people liked. And then I had a couple other ones were like really experiments because I, I, I wrote Intraseller. Like I just sat down because I was like, I don't know, we'll see like what comes out. And that did. And I didn't even really know what I did. And people, and then I had sent it to a couple of friends and they were like, oh, this is really good. You should do something in this vein. And I didn't even know what the vein was. So the last <laughs> year, um, I just really been spending time trying to figure out, like, first of all, entering into the space at all from a genre perspective. Because I, I um, another part of my story is that I grew up really kind of outside of commercial music. And so I'm kind of going back in retrospectively now and like listening to stuff that was formative for a lot of, probably a lot of you guys. You're obviously very well versed in, just how the genres and what these different styles you were talking about, like even like Jersey Club, I've I don't even know what that means. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of cool I've though. I, learning, I think it's kind of great. I mean, and yeah. Vin, I bet you'll you'll agree with me on this. Uh, I think it's kind of great because I mean, first of all, it's great that you're going back and doing it now because I think you can, you know, I don't think everybody needs to be like a master of the history of every single style that they make because I think that's a little. Um, it's a little preposterous that you just can't do it. But I think yeah. in a sense, it's cool to be able to come at it with, with all due respect, not much knowledge about it because totally. you're coming into it brand new. Yeah. You know? and, and especially with a different background like yours, where, you know, you spent time in Nashville where the music is very different or the music industry is quite different than the music industry would be in LA, even though there's a lot of crossover and coming from the Midwest. I mean, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and I, I know how you feel. That's why when you said, if you want to do something in music, you just, you know, oh, you teach music, I guess. Right. And uh, I, I laughed at that because I've heard that a, a million times, mostly from my dad, who thinks that this isn't a real job. <laughs> okay. um, well, 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 hey, Bert, Bert, I want to know what inspired your name too. Before we kind of keep going down this path, like what what led you to that kind of Scandinavian esque so, name? It was actually a, a part of like a jokey conversation because <laughs> I was there was a period where, you know. Sometimes when you do, I'm sure a couple of you probably can relate to this. Like sometimes you get into a situation and I was in this situation where I was having a lot of people say like, I'll hire you to do something for me production wise, but here's exactly why I want it to be. And um, a lot of times I didn't really agree with the direction of that. So I would kind of have to do it because like you got to make money. But at the same time, I didn't feel super great about kind of attaching myself to it. So um, at the Tom George thing was actually born out of like a, way of finding like a way to kind of distance myself from some of these projects like what can i what moniker can i put some stuff in that i'm not super like into um and then eventually it kind of just grew into this like way of me uh to it i don't remember i think it was like play at the time we were talking about people like you know like com trues like plays on 
other people's stuff. So obviously Tom Tom Ford, and then it was like a made way to make it Swedish sounding. So that's kind of the extent of it. I mean, it's, I like it. it's it's also good from a branding standpoint, not to get too like out of the creativity side of it, because when every time I say branding, I feel like I'm supposed to have a chart to point at. Um, right. But it, it makes it easy when you can get all the handles on Instagram and Twitter and all that. I mean, I'm sure all the producers out there in chat understand that that struggle. If your name's Tom Smith, it's going to be pretty fucking hard to, you know, right. figure out what your your Instagram handle is going to be. Um, and I mean, that's cool. I, 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 it stands out for sure. And it's certainly memorable. Um, now I'm curious as a, as a fellow lowercase letter guy, uh, why did you do that? Cause my reason is, is mainly because I'm insane and it looks stupid to me to say Warner case with the type capital W. Why did you do all lowercase? Uh, well, I just c- came down to aesthetics really. I think it just looks cool. I, I agree. Like, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think you got the people. I dude, I've had people ask me about that. Like, wh- why do you spell it that way? I'm like, it just looks better. Like when yeah. you write Warner Case, not to make this about me, but like when you write it all lowercase, it looks distinctly different than if you have a big W and a big C. Just like I'm sure when you put a big T in Tom Fjord, it almost looks like it falls downward. And there's there's just something about it, Warner. You and I've talked about this, but it catches people's attention in a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Vin so draws their eyes. Your name, it. by the way. Say that again, Vin. How'd you come up with your name? Um. Yeah, that was a tough one. <laughs> Actually, so 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 Bert, you may not know, but Vin Vin uh, Vin's real name is is Vin D'Amato, and his stage name is Vin D'Amato, but there's no apostrophe. And now I'm curious about it. now, Vin. Why did you do that? I forget. I feel like we've probably talked about this. Probably drunk. Most likely, the apo- Well, you can't. I mean, it, the apostrophe is like a curse, dude. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, Lynn wants to drop it. You know what I mean? She, we're not dropping it, by the way. But you know, wow. the the whole thing is is that like passports, driver's license. That's, that's Vin's wife or uh, fiance, yeah. It's like a pain in the ass, dude. It's a pain in the ass. So you have an apostrophe in your name. It's tough, you know. But whatever. So yeah, you know, my 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 way to make things easier, I dropped it. And also, I guess legally, technically, it's not the same as my actual name. So Vindamato and then D apostrophe capital A could be different things. So it was a, a way for me to separate uh, in a similar way. Look at that. Apparently, so Bert, here, I, here and I thought I was the only crazy one who's that particular, but I guess all four of us were. <laughs> Although Nick's name is still just Nick. But um, uh, so I want to hear about, I want to hear about how you decided to spend so much time in a Ford Bronco with a sound system effectively or a studio built into it. Tell yeah. me. Yeah, we got to get into Tell this. Tell me about that. I am That's so wild, curious yeah. about this. Well, then I'm going to probably do it. So I, when I left, so at the, by the time I left One Republic, the, this whole thing had grown into like this huge thing that like, to me was kind of a technical feat that I had to like accomplish. I mean, I, and it got really stressful. And I remember at one point I was like, you, 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 I gotta, sorry, you're talking about um, running backing tracks and playing piano for One Republic. Because it was like backing tracks and a teleprompter and all these machines that were running VSTs and like everything was like time coded up to video content and to, to lighting. Sure. So everything was really reliant on me doing my job, like within no real standard of like any yeah, error. So yeah, if, you, if you screw um, up, you're, you're on these stadium tours, you have f- oh 40, 50,000 people who wouldn't see the, the back, you know, backing tracks line up with the visuals. Got it. So that's a lot of stress day in and day out. I was like having nightmares about like regions. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave and kind of figure out my own thing. But in the, in the sort of in the meantime, I was like, I'm gonna, I gotta, 
I don't want to just like, I was making a decent amount of money and I was like, I got to buy something for me. It's kind of like as a trophy of like, I got through this. And so that's why I went out and I found myself a 1967 Ford Bronco. And then, um, so that's always been kind of my like prized like possession. And, um, I have, I kind of, I just over the, over the years have learned how to take care of it. And then when coronavirus hit and all this stuff sort of went weird, I was like, um, you know, I really like used to be super into camping and being outdoors, but like over the years, I kind of got disconnected from that. And I decided like, I'm going to, I had seen people build out their trucks. Like a lot of times Tacoma's people will build like, you know, like a sleeping platform and kind of just go overlanding. And I was like, I'll do that for me. So I spent some time, figured out like how to do it. And then I bought a battery pack and some solar panels. And I had a bunch of like kind of extra studio gear that I um, put in the back of it. And so now I kind of like roll up to a place I pull everything out. I have kind of canopy. Well, your cat's going. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's like, that's like what you see in a movie where they jump <laughs> yeah. out across the screen. <laughs> so I fucking, I, I keep him out of the room and he meows. I put him in the room and he meows and now I'm letting the door open and he's apparently doing fucking backflips. <laughs> Very sorry. That's okay. Oh, well, we got our social clip. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you're anyway, talking- I, I've kind of like gotten into this routine where I go kind of off-roading, find a cool place, set up shop, put the solar panels out and then just like work on mixes and trying to write some new stuff in the middle of like wherever I can find. It's just been really, it's been a great way to like, you know, when you're in a big city, I know you guys are East coast and like Warner, you're from New York, right? Like I can't imagine not having like an outdoor space or like be able to kind of like stretch while you're in the middle of a pandemic. So I, I think LA is great already for that reason. But then I was like, I got to get kind of out and like make it so it's not so weird all the time. So that's kind of where it came from. <laughs> that's so Yeah. Cool. I mean, I think, I think that's, I'm, I'm incredibly envious of that because, you know, so yeah. So, so Vin's actually originally from New York. He grew up in Staten Island and then he and I met each other in New York and then we're both in LA at the moment, but I'm going back to New York so, uh, shortly. And I, I totally understand the desires to get the hell out because yeah. especially if you can't do things, it's just, it's just crazy all day every day where you're just looking at the same wall and the same you know same everything and you need that change what what yeah. what what do you think i mean musically what did you get from yeah. that from being able to that just, was my question you know that's such a big change of mindset yeah i think um you know I, i've been i think th- this past year for me has been trying to figure out like okay i i did a couple songs and like that's cool but like what am i doing next i probably just a question people are always asking themselves but I think for me, since I was so new, it was like, I got to take some time to kind of like, this is a great opportunity for me to like, take some time to kind of dial into what it is that I value musically and how I can kind of be a good addition to what's already going on, which is really amazing in the house music scene and in the kind of melodic scene. So I think the biggest musical trick takeaway I've taken away from the trips is that, you know, nature is really good at doing sound, like really intricate sound. And I think living in these environments like these cities has kind of um, elevated our noise floor. And we kind of... Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. So I think being out there kind of helped me to to realize that, okay, like there's a a lot of detail that um, I can be incorporating that like, you know, I, 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 it's not just like necessarily fully or nature sounds, but just the idea that there's a lot, there's a lot of detail when you just listen to your natural environment and to, to, to try to like what I've been trying to do. And it's a lot of work uh, with this new batch of music that I'm hoping to put out soon is to bring a lot of detail and kind of like more of kind of minutia to some of this stuff. So that's my biggest takeaway. And we, and that's we, that's we got, super interesting. 
I want I want to just bring this up. Like we we got we got into that last week, and as like as a non producer, I freaking love that where people take like these environments, these you know nature, these settings, and they really kind of incorporate. They really kind of turn that into music. So I think that's incredibly impressive, and I think some of the places that you visited are going to have a big impact on what you release upcoming. So I'm, I mean, I'm pretty think, impressed think, with that. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think it comes across in your music for sure. I mean, it's very, I don't want to say atmospheric to downplay it. You know, I, wanna, I don't want to, I don't want to put it in the like, oh, it's just background music box because of yeah. course it's not, but it puts you in a space like pretty immediately, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. And if, and if anybody watching hasn't heard your music yet, you need to go check out Tom Fjord's stuff. Um, and it's, it, it kind of takes you on a journey and I really love that. And, and, and kind of along those lines, as far as your journey is concerned, how did you get connected with the youth? And then you did a remix for him now after he did a remix for you. How does, how does that come to be? Especially for the viewers who I'm sure would, uh, would die for that opportunity. Um, you know, it was really, a ch- well, first of all, uh, he's him and I are from the, literally our parents live it, well, my parents don't anymore, but at the time uh, when we were both living there, we were living within, in the same hometown within a couple of blocks. No way. So, wow. I, so I actually met him through a manager uh, that at the time uh, who was kind of like connected to that whole situation. And um, we like found out that our parents lived within a couple of blocks of each other. And then um, kind of just like, uh, I don't remember, I think initially it was like, oh, I have a couple of songs and then my manager sent it over to his manager and then it was a whole thing. And then it was like, well, I'm starting a label. He was really, he was starting his new label and it was a good fit for us both. To kind Which of is like called Progression? Start. Um, yeah, Progression Records. So that's, that's, so that's a small world. That's, uh, I, I, I found out um, from my great aunt that uh, she lived like three doors down from, from Dead Mouse in Canada where he grew up, oh. basically. And she said she only found out after like he had already grown up and left. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> so close. I was like, I'm so, I was so close to liking you so much more as a great aunt, but misconnections. We had to move on from that. Yeah, yeah. I know. So when I get to meet him, I'm going to tell him that story and he's going to be so bored by it. Um, so I, I, I'm interested in, 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 I always like looking back on, on, where I've come and what I've learned along the way in, in my musical journey, because, you know, I've been doing this in some form or another for 10 years or so. And, and Bert, I know you've been doing it in some really interesting ways as well. Do you find that your time with One Republic, that experience has affected the way you approach your music now? I mean, obviously it, it makes you want to do more of what you want to do. And we've talked about that, but I, I think as far as the kind of practicality in the music industry, do, do you get yeah. better at making decisions because of your experience? Um, well, definitely. I mean, I, I, outside of that, I've done, I've kind of, there was a, what we have talked about is that after that time period, I did do a a decent amount in, um, the, the industry after that. But I think overall, I think the biggest thing was that, that I take away from that was that I think watching somebody like Ryan Tedder, who is really both like insanely productive and insanely talented and somehow just doesn't run out of steam, I think showed me that um, when you're really in your element, that there's just so much more that's possible. And he's just clearly in his element. He's writing songs for all these people. He was working with Adele, all these people when I was with him. And um, I think I just saw that and said, okay, wow, well, if this guy is just so clearly aligned with what he's supposed to be doing or what really resonates with him, that like that's something that I want to work towards for myself. Um, and so that's kind of where, that's just kind of the direction I'm adding. That's, that's, that's awesome, man. I, I, uh, 
I, I love hearing that because I think, and you know, Vin, I'm sure you can agree with this as well, but I think one of the hardest things about doing this, you know, doing music, following creative arts or, or doing, or being an artist or a photographer or whatever is there's no, there's no roadmap. There's no way you are supposed to do it. And you'll get told a million times by a million different people, oh no, this is the way to do it. And then you'll get told a million different ways. You really just get told, I, I really have been told less how to do things and just not to do them. <laughs> I, I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's less advice going around and just there's just more of no, you know, and that, that's the tough thing is, is carving out that path and, and, and getting down that dark tunnel and, and poking the, the, the walls to get the, the light, the bit of light in. So yeah, I, I you know, I think we could all agree. Um, and it's not just music. You know, it's, it's anything like, like Warner said, anything, uh, with a creative path, um, that we find ourselves on. It's always hard. You know, you're always asking yourself that question. I know you're talking about it, like what's next. So, you know, the path isn't always necessarily, necessarily clear, but the path, if we can appreciate it is, is often what, what we should really be, uh, happy about. It's about the journey after For all. Sure. Um, and I don't mean to say that sarcastically. I mean that very genuinely. <laughs> My face just gets sarcastic sometimes. It's, it's, it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, so Bert, I like to, to, to close my interviews with a question that I think everybody can benefit from. Um, if there's one thing that you would have told yourself, it, given what you know now, is there one piece of advice that you think, you know, starting out in the music industry, Bert should know, but didn't know back then? Hmm. I think, um, I think exactly what, what you were saying uh, Vin, which was that it just because there's a there's a path for some person doesn't mean it's it's a path for you and that um, if you can just follow what makes you feel good, you'll get to a good destination, I think is what it comes down to. I think a lot. I don't know that I spent wasted a whole lot of time. I think I've been pretty efficient, but I think I see a lot of people um, trying out everyone else's thing. Um, and I yeah. think there's value in that because you really learn what works and what doesn't and what works for you. Um, but ultimately, um, everybody's sort of like path to artistry or path to whatever they're trying to do in life is, is always unique. Um, and so you can't listen to people who tell you no or what something is supposed to or supposed to not be. That's, I guess, what That's I was good advice. It's great advice. Yeah, I love it. I love it. No, I think you're, you're exactly on. Um, well, thank you so much, Bert. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, for those of you out there watching, listening, thank you for all your comments and, and, uh, and, and your technical help when we couldn't figure out our audio. <laughs> really appreciate you guys. Um, but everybody, this has been Tom Fjord on house club live. Go check him out. Uh, his Instagram handle should be lower on the, on the, your screen right now. It's at Tom, which is T H O M Fjord, which is F J O R D. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in next week. We will have another great guest. So please be sure to tune in, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at house club live. Uh, until then stay safe, keep grooving. And, uh, we'll see you next week, next week, Sunday, same time, 2 PM. Have a good week guys. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to this interview from house club live. Join us during the live stream every Sunday at 2 PM Eastern at youtube.com slash Warner case to add your input to the conversation, ask questions to us and our guests, or just hang out. Thanks for listening. And please consider subscribing to the show or to the podcast or both. See you next week.